What's going on, y'all? I'm Brad. I'm Jeremy. And uh, we've been talking about things concerning reconciliation for a long time now. 20 years now. I'm white. I'm black. And we thought if we talked together about it in podcast form, it might serve some people. So let's, let's do talk it. about it. Broken and different. That's what we are. That's us. Blinded by chasing heaven's brightest star. Sun. We going towards him. We run with limps. We got, if got, you got, respond got, accordingly, you'll learn to hobble with, hobble with till we find where glory be. What glory at? No pros or experts on this That's journey. We are just learning how Jesus, Jesus makes art out of our life's debris. Hey, Brad. What's going on, Jeremy? Not much, man. Uh, I have a theory that I've been working on. It's a super rough draft. I'm scared to share it because I think, um, what if it's stupid? And, you know, what if, what if people hate me? So I'll give a warning. Yeah. The following is just a theory. It may be stupid. You might want to hurt the one who produced the theory. You may think before this is over that it is going in a heretical direction. But we assure you, it is only a theory, not fact, not necessary, completely engulfing 100% of our beliefs, but echoing some of our experiences, suggestions, and echoing, echoing some of our deep thinking. Man, deep thinking's got to be in parentheses. Let's go. Okay. So I was, a, I, I was at a conference, and this, this I mean, really powerful um, woman was preaching and she referenced in Genesis uh, 3 the idea of the curse that your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you and she was talking about how historically I mean through all cultures and all eras women have been dominated by men okay. and have been ruled over um, by men that he will rule over you this idea of like dominion and, and how that's carried through the life of the church and how Jesus is actually undoing that in the way that he discipled women, the way he gave space in, in a contextualized way. So there weren't any like women disciples, but there kind of were women disciples if you kind of look between the texts. Yep. You know, the whole witness of the resurrection, that was all women. You mm-hmm. know, there was women apostles. You know, we see leaders throughout the history of the church. There were women leaders throughout the history of the church. So we see this redemptive narrative undoing the results of the curse, undoing what the curse has done between men and women. So that, that was like one thing in my mind. But a second thing that was in my mind um, was intersectionality. This is the idea like okay. uh, you, got, you got the oppressed and the oppressor. Um, if you imagine like a spectrum or like a line between the two, and, and then you have like, well, typically men are the oppressors and women are the oppressed. And then you have able-bodied people uh, are are kind of the oppressor typically, and uh, you know those with disabilities are the oppressed. And you have white folks and black folks, and you have yep. uh, immigrants and you know um, you know natural naturalized citizens. Uh, so you have these intersections of oppression, yeah. and you can kind of like almost uh, infinitely go down the list with yep. that with that spectrum. And one person might have be on. Either side of the... Yes, you could at the same time be both the oppressed and the oppressor. Yeah. You know, um, with that theory. So 
so one of the problems that's really been bugging me is in, in discipleship. So as I try to like disciple, especially white men in particular, but also just in general, just making disciples, but trying to engage issues of justice and issues of like countering oppression. But I go, man, there's so much to learn about uh, women's suffrage. Yeah. Like you could spend yeah. years and years and years and years learning about that mm-hmm. and not even touch racism. Or you could spend years and years and years learning about the injustice of racism and never touch suffrage of women. Mm-hmm. And both of those things, you could spend years and years and years discipling and learning God's heart and never talk about ableism. You know, yeah. where, where like people with, you know, you know full functioning bodies yep. bias the world around them and never consider those maybe in wheelchairs or something like this. So, so I'm going, man, you could be very, very aware moving in righteous directions and completely yeah. ignorant and continuing oppressive ways towards somebody else. Yeah. You know, complete blind spot. So I'm going, this seems to be a bit of a problem. Like if, if I expect somebody to be educated with a master's degree in some type of particular injustice, immigration theory or something like this, mm. or, or ableism or, uh, you know, the dynamics between women and, and men or uh, racism in America. If I'm like, I expect you to have a master's level knowledge. First of all, that also biases towards IQ. Mm. Like I'm going, okay. you have to have a certain IQ to be able to like go through these concepts, understand these concepts the way I understand these concepts, interact with them, understand things at a global level. Global thinking is an IQ-related feature. So if you have a 78 IQ, that's not going to be true for you. But if I'm expecting you to be able to walk out this righteousness, mm. and I'm basing that contingently on your knowledge base, this seems to be problematic in discipleship for me yeah so put those two things together <clears throat> the fact that there is this curse he will rule over you mm-hmm. jesus seems to undo this some of this curse or begin there's a redemptive trajectory to undo this curse i started thinking what what if all intersections of oppression are actually the offspring of the original curse of domination and what if we actually need to disciple people to discern where someone is dominating another and where that's happening, which, which I think includes possessivism, mm. you know, and, and rulership and power for the sake of your own type of thing. So domination, you're a king, you know, under yourself. <clears throat> and, and teaching people to discern where that's occurring, whether mm. it's between men and women, white and black, you know, immigration issues, like whatever, pick the issue. If you teach somebody to discern domination issues, even without a master level knowledge, they're able to step in with the gospel and with peace, with righteousness and with, you know, lamenting. They're able to like step in and they're equipped, maybe not with knowing all the cultural nuances, not knowing all the history, but able to step in with righteousness, um, because they 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 understand this assignment from Jesus to undo the curse, okay. you know, to undo the curse of domination, you know, and if that's like the mother of all dominations, this husband over wife, this man over woman, is the original, and then everything else is an offspring of that same dynamic, mm. which it seems to me like it seems pretty similar. Mm. They seem related, you know, but then I can't teach everybody everything yeah you know i can't disciple in every way and so so one example is you know dearly loved brother 
he he was like really discipled here in the U.S. Okay. Um, by a black woman, really like really upgraded his thinking and, and understanding of like racism and and his cultural IQ went up quite a bit, and he was just man like we need to empower you know black folks and you know women of color in particular and you know I mean he was really a good student mm. you know really good disciple. He moved away to another country where there's a bunch of refugees, and in that population he started speaking to some of these refugees, like, man, you're loved by God, like, I want to affirm you, like, image of God, like, you're the oppressed. And he had to be pulled aside by this other missionary and say, man, you realize that this guy comes from an oppressor people group in his country. So he was part of the group that was doing the oppression yeah. in his country. Yeah, in his country. he's He is the oppressor, right? And so... This young disciple was talking to him as if he was oppressed yeah. because it hit the pigment of his skin was a little bit darker, but not much. And in the right? U.S., that makes sense. <clears throat> in the U.S., that makes sense. But he was not equipped. So he was equipped in the U.S. to do a certain type of justice work in ministry, but he was not equipped to go anywhere else in the world, really, yeah. or, or fewer places in the world. And it Fair. tripped him up, you know. He, he was tripped up. He, he had to, like, reframe everything. So I go, man, that's kind of crazy. He had deep discipleship. An appropriate discipleship for this context, mm-hmm. but it it did not transcend this context, you know, at least not completely. You yeah, know? and so this this is just my working theory of like this theory of the the mother curse domination, and should we be discipling or giving language or thought to how do we disciple to undo that curse so that the disciples are equipped to address all their offspring, no mm-hmm. matter where they are in the world. So that's all I got. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Those are a couple of thoughts colliding together yeah. and going, okay, uh, I don't know. But the heart of it is is discipleship and equipping people to engage every injustice, every evil, you know. Yeah. But it's that does seem to have like a ceiling, mm-hmm. at least if we're engaging them based on knowledge. Yeah. You know. Anyways, so any any response or thoughts or or you know, yeah. corrections uh, <laughs> are, are welcomed. Yeah, I think you're right. It has different implications depending on where you are. So, like you said about your friend, he's in the U.S. He's thinking with a U.S. with U.S. Uh, glasses on, um, but it's different. So, is there a is there a paradigm that helps us think better about how to engage this idea of domination? I I, I like the idea of domination and. And I, well, I, what I hope folk hear as we talk about this is a forming idea, mm-hmm. uh, um, some way in which we could, uh, we can, that helps us engage evil in a way that uh, is helpful to other disciples, both locally and globally. Um, I, uh, the funny thing is when we first talked about this, when you first brought that up, I was like, ooh, the curse and man over woman. Uh, I know, I'm like, oh, you're going to lose all all the missionary Baptist folk is gone because <laughs> that's that's not part of a curse. That's that's like God's way right. uh, from in my in my upbringing. Um, of course, now I should have believed uh, I'm more along the lines of like empowering women in leadership. Um, and don't turn me off just yet because I said that. <laughs> if you would, if you do, that's fine. Uh, do what you need to. But uh, I just know that to put that. In the realm of curse, that's a that's risky business for a yeah. lot of folk. Yeah. Um, even for me, I was like, "Oh, you're right." 
Yeah, that's what he said after I mean, they got yeah, it's after they got verse 16. thrown out. <laughs> so it's part of it, but mm-hmm. it, you know it makes me think. But didn't he say something about childbearing and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yep. All this is a part of. That's why we got drugs for childbearing. Oh, so we undoing that curse too. <laughs> <laughs> but it did make me think about uh, before the curse. I think it gave some weight to what your your theory is that uh, the only dominant force in existence was God. And mm-hmm. then the, the trick of the serpent was to convince man and woman that you could actually have the knowledge of good and evil. You could be like the dominant one. You could be like the dominant one. That's um, right. And, and in doing that, to be like him means that mm-hmm. you get to dominate in a certain way. Even though the Lord was sharing dominion with mm-hmm. man, he allowed... Adam and you to be in the garden. He allowed Adam to name the animals. Like he That's was giving right. he him does, work. He does share. He shares, you know. um, yep. and uh, and yet they, they, you know, they eat the fruit. They disobey, and uh, what happens when they gain this 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 entrance into domination, mm-hmm. um, this taste of domination? They start blaming each other. Mm-hmm. Man said the, the woman made me do it. The woman said the serpent made me do it. Uh, nobody's taking taking responsibility for themselves, and and nobody's really uh, nobody. Everybody's caring. It may be selfishly trying to protect themselves instead of paying attention to the real breach, and, and is that the one who cared for you, who created you, you've turned away from. You turn your mm-hmm. back on yep. that person, and then the the perfect loving domination like a mother loves a child and nurtures that child um she she has dominion over that child Mm -hmm. Uh, and Mm -hmm. that that was in its perfect uh form with god and man and that that gets disrupted and so we see the 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 so we see this place of authority yeah so like authority is allowed like god shares authority and then there seems to be some kind of switch up that happens mm-hmm. post curse, yep. where like authority, dominion, rulership is somehow twisted, yeah, and becomes abusive. Yep, you know, yeah. So we really we can definitely agree that there there is because of the fall, there is this domination uh, factor that enters into the world mm-hmm. that um, needs to be undone. Mm-hmm. Like things are wrong. So. I agree with that. I, I think in my world, uh, we need to think. We need to have a, a paradigm, a way to think about that more clearly, um, uh, because in my world, what I've seen is that uh, domination can be occurring and we can't see it. Domination right. happens and it's hidden, um, yeah. and so that's why when a person of color can go up to a, a white leader and say, "This just not working for me," like uh, they like, "What's wrong?" Um, the gospel is being taught. Uh, mm-hmm. Folk are coming to know Jesus, and yet this person feels some kind of internal uh, barrier um, to what's happening. So I think uh, it, it, we have to talk about it. We have to talk mm-hmm. about it. Uh, it's necessary. I think it's necessary for us to maybe actually develop our thinking. And, on d- this and does this help, the idea also help with people understanding you know, I've, so if I'm a white male who's also been sexually abused, mm. you know, so I'm both like victim and victimizer. I'm both okay. oppressed and oppressor 
and that kind of yeah. understanding of intersectionality. Yep. And does this help broaden? So, so which am I then? Am I victim or am I victimized or am I the oppressed or, you know, which card do I get to pull out? And does this help actually nuance that a little bit more and say when, where there's domination, like this does not please the heart of God. Mm-hmm. So when you're participating in that domination, it doesn't please God's heart. And there's lots of verses directed towards you, uh, you know, prophets, you know. Yeah, yeah. And when you are being dominated, you know, um, in, in this abuse, you know, there's also verses for you yep. in that, in that place. Um, I don't know. I guess that's also maybe a piece of what I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm searching for, like a way to speak to the nuance of that without labeling people yeah. in some kind of definitive yeah. way. So I think yeah. maybe I'll add to our thinking yeah. about domination. How yeah. do you enter into it? How do you, with your intersectionality, how do you enter into it? How do you how do you think well about intersectionality? I think that's a big deal. Yeah. So, the, and just so everybody knows, this is like a big, so so like in the university world, this is a very common conversation yeah. intersectionality. Yeah. So it's like I forget who coined it. Um, I'm not that smart. So, yeah. But um, it's like where your race, gender, sexuality, yeah, uh, religious belief, mm-hmm. where all those things meet. Yeah. Um, Economic uh, status, yeah, rich poor, all that. Yeah. Uh, now, I think one of the uh, ways in which this is thought about in error. So I think a, uh, okay. an errant way to think about it is you, you. Some folk think about the intersectionality in uh, just to look for places where they are oppressed. Yes. And something that comes from uh, you know in this so in the social media era. Uh, era, uh, some f- it's becoming in vogue to be oppressed. To be be the victim. Yeah, to I be the to, victim. I have to be able to raise my hand. I'm the victim too. Yeah. Me too. You want to be in been. that crowd. Yes. Um, and that's because you'll get assassinated if you don't. If you're yeah. not in that crowd. Yeah, right? it's, it's yeah. like you got to be in that crowd yes. because you will socially yes. get assassinated. Yep. Um, uh, and some of it is just trendy to, to be a part of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that goes away from, like, the reality that, no, 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 there's actually oppressed <laughs> There's actually people. hurt, bleeding yeah. people. Yeah. Folks getting shot in the street. Who don't want to be in that crowd. Like, they don't want to be. They're not trying to be cool. A crowd. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, and so if you're searching for a place where you're oppressed for the sake of, like, being in the crowd, Yep. Then, then you've made a wrong turn. And I've seen people try to, they want to cover up their own places of oppression, like where, where they participated in oppression yeah. by claiming victimhood. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's a way of covering up sin. Yeah. Instead of running to the cross, again, you know, the, the idea of like, I just think we have such a small cross, especially as, as majority culture folks, such a small reliance on the blood of Jesus because we want to cover it up. Yeah. Some other way we, we seek to cover it up. And I think, yeah, I've, I've also seen that the, the victimhood kind of thing. And sometimes it's real, though, like they have also they have been abused, mm-hmm. but they've also abused others. They've hurt other. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's and that's confusing for people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I now I believe also if you start thinking about intersectionality and you're thinking I'm either going to enter into that complex space, either okay like all the way right or all the way wrong yeah um when you're trying to figure like trying to be on one side or the other i think you also 
are maybe headed in a in a in a direction that's unhealthy. Do you think it's because it's too binary? It's not. It doesn't correspond yes. with reality. Yes, intersectionality like, in its def like <laughs> as we described it mm -hmm. includes complexity. Yeah. And if you're trying to just be one or the other, good or bad. Yes. You're trying to get into a complex construct with mm -hmm. a binary structure, and it doesn't yeah. work. No, it's it not gonna work. work. Yeah. Um, so, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> um, I I believe. As I've been thinking about this domination uh, theory, I, I, I think uh, you have to enter into intersectionality with the expectation that the Holy Spirit will make you holy. It's going to make you holy. And from that place, whether it's, oh, man, I'm the oppressor, you need to depend on the Holy Spirit to make you holy from that place and right, to submit. Right. If you're entering as the oppressed, you still need the Holy Spirit to make you holy and to give you what you need and wholeness, um, to yeah. heal mm -hmm. and to be whole. Mm -hmm. So I think you got to enter with that idea. Like right. I'm going to look right. at my intersectionality with the hopes of being made holy. I am not going to try to grasp at what I think I need or what I want right. like Adam and Eve grasp at the knowledge of good and evil. I'm actually going to enter in with uh, submitting to the Holy Spirit, uh, ready to either repent um, or to offer forgiveness. Now that mm -hmm. that for me that's that's really simplified, but I think one of the hardest things for an oppressor to do is to repent. Yes. Actually, turn away, and go a new way. Some now, of my best friends are oppressors, so yes, I've, yeah. I've heard that it's <laughs> difficult for us. And so, the, and the maybe one of the hardest things for the oppressed to do yeah. is to forgive. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing: those things are given to us by the Lord, and they're not, we're not asked to use those things with condition. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit could ask you and to he's modeled come that into for himself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Jesus has modeled that for yes. us. And he's asking us to use those things without condition. And that the Holy Spirit could be calling us to that. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to enter into intersectionality with the Holy Spirit at the center and so, being ready to repent. So that, that's interesting because that means forgiveness. that's really um that that's interesting. That reminds me of um this guy David Fitch. He has a book coming out called Us Versus Them. And he has this phrase like, we engage the issues of the world on the terms of the world. Mm. And I feel like we get mm. caught in some of these discussions with the world, using the world's language. Intersectionality is something yeah. that was developed outside the church. But we recognize, man, we need to enter into this with the Holy Spirit. We need to enter yeah. into this with humility. But that's not the way the world is entering yeah. into that discussion. Yeah. You know, they're, they don't have the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, the, to they're not even looking for that. They they may even disbelieve that, or they may even say that's another form of oppression, talking about the blood of Jesus or something like that. But you know, so so I think that's interesting because we're using the we're using very similar language. We're coming at injustices. Uh, we're saying it's not right. So there's a lot of like overlap with the world, um, yeah. and yet it, it, they totally miss each other. Mm -hmm. and, and I do think that becomes confusing in certain discussions or certain atmospheres. And I think also think young disciples are being influenced by worldly dialogues. Yeah. Because I might talk about intersectionality. We've taught some of this stuff in classes and seminars and, and those type of things. And then they go to their college course and they hear very similar language w with a completely different spirit. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think, I just want to differentiate that. Like, yeah, we are using very similar we're, we're engaging the issues that yeah. many people in the world are engaging with. 
Yeah. But the spirit by which we engage it is completely different and yeah. should be different. Yeah. Um, and, and we should dif- differentiate that a little bit. And, and so I, I think I appreciate that, the Holy Spirit comment there. That's, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, it, it, we engage, we are engaged in the same thing. It's, it's part of it, what I hope happens in, in thinking about this, it, divor- it gets us away from the, the dualism that could pop mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I'm like, even if... Are you talking the, about dualism like us versus them? Us dualism? versus them. Yeah. Uh, intersectionality being a worldly term, the yeah. church term, got to be totally different. No, right. I, I think I think the Lord is working in various places, mm-hmm. even places where the church is not or hasn't been yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's things like intersectionality, which good folk are thinking about and come into Very some helpful conclusion. Tool. And it's helpful. Yep. Um, and it may be devoid of the Holy Spirit, and we need to as a church interacts with that reality yes. that's been uncovered, we need yes. to bring in mm-hmm. uh, the Holy Spirit to that place. That's the end of part one. Go ahead and make sure you check out the feed for part two.